Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody listening to the Independent Corner. I'm your host, Jonathan Moody, and here with me tonight is uh, the uh, star of Rad, Bill Allen. How are you doing, Bill? Good, very good, Jonathan. How are you? I'm doing great. Um, so I guess uh, one of the big questions of the night is um, to start off with is how did you get started, you know, acting? I got started acting, uh, well, as a lot of people do in, in junior high and high school production. But my perf- first professional job was out of Kentucky, and uh, I did a movie that was never released, thankfully, called And They're Off. It was about horse racing, and uh, I played a jockey in that, and I was on location in Kentucky for about six months and ended up working with people like Jose Ferrer and his son, Miguel Ferrer, and Rafael and his uh, nephew, George Clooney. It was his first movie also. And we kind of hung out on set and, and uh, grew, uh, got to be good friends with those guys. And because of that show, I was uh, uh, lucky enough to get my Screen Actors Guild union card and uh, some money, so I came out to California soon after that. That was about 82, and started waiting tables and doing the typical actor thing, and it was about, oh, maybe a year or two after I moved to Los Angeles, I started getting work, and uh, one of my first jobs was uh, Hill Street Blues. I had a nice role on that, and if your fans are old enough to remember that show, I've heard of it. I've never actually seen it. And that was the show that Hal Needham saw me on and actually uh, brought me in to read for Rad because of, uh, because of the work I did on that show. Really cool, really cool. Uh, you know, I guess IMDb is kind of wrong. It, it says that your first film was The Ransom, but uh, it says you played Carson the Butler. I, I started out using Bill Allen, and apparently there's another Bill Allen in the Screen Actors Guild. So eventually, I was forced to change my na- name. I used my full legal name, which is William Morris Allen. And on IMDb, you can find me under both. But there's one or two uh, credits that don't belong to me that are on there, and several of the credits that I have that aren't on there. That's a, not a perfect system. Yeah. It's not a good way to show your resume, huh? <laughs> well, I'm a little behind in trying to make sure all that stuff is up to date. Um, but it's people like you that make me realize how horribly out of date I am with all that stuff. Yeah, I was just going to say, because if you were uh, Carson the Butler in 1977, you yeah, know, that be you'd be a young butler. Very young butler, and yeah, I wasn't doing much in 1977. I could talk about on your show. You'd be a really good actor if you could pull that off, too. That would be know? great. Wouldn't it? <laughs> but uh, okay, so um, did you did you actually do um, Amazing Stories, the uh, Steven Spielberg? I did. I did work on that show. Uh, recently saw it on Netflix again, and uh, that was interesting because I got to work with uh, Brad Bird, who went on to do the Incredibles and a bunch of uh, Pixar stuff. Uh, he was one of the actors on He wrote the episode, and then he became this enormously uh, influential animation director. So that was cool. I got to meet John Candy on the set of that. And I remember we actually shot on the lot in Universal. It was on the stage that they shot the old silent um Phantom of the Opera on. So it had some of the old opera seats around the outside of the uh, stage. So that was cool. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's not bad when you're working on a show produced by Steven Spielberg. You yeah, know? <laughs> I, I, I tried to work with better producers, but he's all I could find at the time. <laughs> so um, I guess, uh, you know, before I guess we get into ra- uh, Rad, you know, which Probably, you know, one of the biggest things you've done, it's like a, what, you know, it's pretty much like a cult, it's got a cult following. Sure, it's certainly the work I'm most known for. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, that's yeah, it's probably your most popular um, uh, movie. Um, but before that, um, you know, were were you like, did you? Uh, how are you approached people to do it? Uh, for rat? Yeah, for rat. Did you have to audition or? I I did. Like I said, Hal Needham had seen me on that show, Hill Street Blues, and had actually seen it twice unbeknownst to me, and so I came in and auditioned like everybody else in town that auditioned for that role, so it was a lot, and uh, that was it. I only had one audition about six weeks later. I was up in Canada shooting the movie, so it was kind of a surprise to me that I didn't know that already uh, aware of my work before I walked in the door, so that was huge that he was able to uh, you know, point me and say... Uh, I was the guy he wanted, and for them to just acquiesce and go with it, I was very, very fortunate. That's really cool. But as you know, uh, Talia Shire produced the movie, but I guess she gave him the leeway to he, he wanted to well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, how was it to have uh, Talia uh, Shire play your uh, mother? Very exciting. She was uh, one of really three major character actors in that movie, uh, Jack Weston, Ray Walton, not that she was a character actor, but one of the three people that I was, you know, I really enjoyed uh, their work growing up, and then to actually get to work with them was a real thrill. That's probably one of the best things about uh, being an, an actor, it's uh, the people you get to work with, if you're lucky to work at all. Uh, so... She was very supportive, probably more so than I did, and uh, just treated me like gold. Yeah, I cannot say enough good things about that lady. I was obviously intimidated, her being a Coppola, and, uh, you know, I tried to be on my best behavior and kind of slipped a couple times, but uh, we had a good relationship, and, and, and to get to work with somebody of her caliber is always a, a real treat. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, I mean, definitely that's pretty cool that you got to work with her. And um, do you ever look back at, you know, at that time and go, oh, my God, that, you know, like do you ever look back and think, gosh, you know, I, I must have had a really good time then. But, you know, like, I mean, were you ever kind of worried about how, uh, you know, how you, you thought about it, you know, like, because I bet at the time that you were making it, you weren't, you know, you weren't thinking, oh, man, this is going to be the coolest thing in the world. You thought, oh, man, I'm working. Well, yeah, I, I guess, you know, there, there's always things that you could have done or said differently. Uh, so that being as it may, I, I did the best I could. I showed up on set sober and, and on time and, and spent months after uh the release of the movie and, and weeks before going around the country and, and promoting it. Um, so I feel I did the best I could. I, I, I think I would have uh, done things a little differently, but I, I tried to show up for the production as best as I could and, and for the publicity surrounding it. Uh, I think it, it didn't do as well in theaters, obviously, as we'd hoped, but it had such a huge life on video and Able afterwards that it, it kind of made everybody have to re-examine that whole time in our lives because now it's 20, what, two years later and uh, it's still very popular and people still talk about it and I, uh, you know, I'm talking to you about it, I talk to fans about it every day so it's part of my daily existence and as popular as Talia was in her other movie, I'm, I'm sure she gets the same reaction. I just talked to Bart Connor a month or two ago, and he still gets people talking about it. So it's just one of those things that kind of had a life of its own. Uh, I, I sort of suspected that the, at the time it would be because of the subject and the lack of films surrounding that subject at the time. Uh, but what it did was kind of have a snowball effect. And uh, now 
now it seems to be a part of the culture. Huh. That's really cool, though. Like, you know, you'd think that uh, people would come up to Bart and ask him about his, uh, you know, uh, his uh, uh, gymnastics, you know, stuff. But really, you know, when they come up and say uh, stuff about Rad, I'm sure he's like, oh, my God, you know. Yeah, well, that was his only foray, I think, into into the acting world. And it just had, like I said, a huge life on cable and video that uh, that's what, that's what, He's known for in a lot of circles that he was uh, at a celebrity event not too long ago with Shaquille O'Neal. Shaquille leaned way down that he really liked, like Rad and like his work. So uh, apparently still part of the fabric of our our culture. Um, There was a reference to it, I understand, in in that uh, cable series, uh, The Cleaner, the Benjamin Bratt series. A character on the show mentioned it recently, and there was a movie out last year called Hot Rod, and the guys were wearing uh, rod racing t-shirts. They were reminiscent of the rad racing t-shirts. So, you know, there's there's a lot of cultural references out there that make me realize that it's not only remembered by BMX fans, but but a lot of other people grew up like that too. Yeah, definitely. Um, I guess a uh, big question I, I've had to, to think about um, is uh, when, I, uh, when I was re-watching it today, I was thinking, did you ever, uh, did, you know, did they teach you a lot of the tricks while you were doing it? They, tried, doing as best, they tried as best as they could. Uh, again, I was not proficient on BMX, nor am I now. And I probably had, oh, a month between the time I found out that I got the film and actual filming began. So my job was to make myself look comfortable on a bike when I'm doing the simple stuff. Uh, There was no way I was going to be able to approach the kind of uh, athleticism these guys were doing it their whole lives at that time. So generally, if you're given that job as an actor, you want to look like you're just comfortable with the piece of equipment or the horse you're riding or whatever it is you're, you're portraying and let the stuntman come in and do their work if, if you're not proficient in stunts yourself. Exactly. And so, um, you know, uh, but, but you know, in that one scene in the dance, you know, not to spoil it for people who haven't seen Rad, but I'm pretty sure anybody listening to this have seen Rad, you know. Yeah. But the the scene at the dance is probably the coolest thing, and it looked like you guys were, you and Lori were doing a lot of the lot of some of the stunts, you know. There, is, is they it, actually had us on a lot of station. The bikes were on stationary platforms or dollies that they could move around. But uh, I had food poisoning during that particular sequence, so I was in no position whatsoever to do any of my stunts. You know. The only stunt I was performing that day was running to the bathroom hmm. every other Okay, well, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, and definitely that is one of, probably one of the best scenes of the movie, too, just just the look of it, the way that Hal did that, you know, did the scene, the lit it, and uh, had the uh, stuff shining on you guys and everything, and with the music, you know. Uh, That's the uh, sequence, I think, that gets the most attention. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's definitely one of the it's definitely one of the scenes that gets the most attention because it's one of the scenes that I think probably yeah it it stands out to the all the rest because I guess uh, and and especially like another question I've been wondering is how is it to to work with Lori Loughlin? Uh, hot. Hmm. Hot. No, hot. She was great. She was very professional and couldn't have been lovelier or more supportive. I was pretty starstruck at the time, and uh, she treated me credit. Had she really, like, done a lot before Rad, or was Uh, that one of her big breaks? She's done some movies and some TV shows. I I definitely knew she was at the time. Uh, You know, she was a real up-and-comer and and pretty small community out there, so I was very aware. Hmm. 
Well, if anybody wants to call in, uh, the number to call in is 1646-915-8693. I know we have a lot of people listening. I see the chat room's filling up. So, oh, we do have one person calling in. Hold on one second. Uh, caller, you should be on. Hello? Uh, hello, is somebody calling from Skype? All right, uh, call call right back in if you can. Uh, uh, somebody was trying to call in, and uh, I guess it just wasn't working, so I'll have them call back in. Okay. I told but, my mother to try to crank call the show. Maybe that was for us. <laughs> did, did, she, did she have Skype? No, I guess not. I thought it was for <laughs> Because that would be a pretty cool mother. <laughs> pretty cool. She had Skype, so... Um, no, um... So, I guess uh, another big question is, um, like, as far as the the movie goes, and as far as uh, your career now, um, do you like, you know, when you worked back in the '80s, is it a lot different to do stuff then as it is now to do movies? Uh, Only uh, through the information age and through. Internet and faxes and, and email and all these things—it's it's made it easier to to actually communicate with the film industry, whether it's electronic submissions or being able to read your scripts online. I mean, uh, the, the studios and production companies are definitely getting more frugal. Uh, it, it's harder to get uh, a job that say will go out of town. They generally hire local. Uh, talent. So hire the stars uh, in L.A., but as far as the, the supporting cast and crew, they'll hire it locally. So it's a bit harder to find good supporting jobs if you're working for the local Los Angeles actor. But uh, on the other hand, as far as the nuts and bolts of it, D.W. Griffith laid it down 90 years ago. So actual the making of the film is, is no different. You know, we've got cooler digital technology now, and it's kind of making it, making it easier for independent people to get in on the fun. But uh, otherwise, you know, you have to show up on set, know your lines, and, and try not to suck as, as much as you can. Okay. Well, I think that caller is calling back. Hold on one second. Let me... Uh, Hello, caller. You should be on. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hey, who's this? Hi, this is Nicholas. Oh, hey. How are you doing, Nicholas? I'm doing all right. How are you guys doing? Pretty good. Uh, right. You're talking with uh, Bill Allen. Hey, who's this? That's why I'm a very big Rad fan. My grandfather used to own a video store. And um, one second, let me mute. I think I can. Hear... <laughs> Oh, I was a very big Rad fan. My grandfather used to own a video. <laughs> yeah, mute, mute the uh, show, I guess. <laughs> I was working on it, Mr. Moody. Um, there we go. And I was just going through the video store when they shut down because there was a blockbuster that moved in across the street. And I found a few tapes of Rad, and uh, it was very nice. I watched the movie. I did enjoy it. I like the 80s cheese. Mm-hmm. It was good stuff. How much are Rad tapes worth? Because I have like four of them. Oh, if you if they're in great shape, dude, I think you're you're in. Whoa! What the heck happened? Yeah, I'm still here. Oh, yeah. Okay. That was kind of weird. Uh, uh, did we lose Nicholas? Well, I, I, I think I, so. As I was saying to him. Uh, I've seen pristine copies of Rad on VHS go uh, on eBay for up to a thousand dollars. So, if you have a really good copy of Rad, eBay it and what's the proceeds with me? I didn't see any residuals from that. Hmm. Yeah, I think uh, somebody was telling me that apparently a uh, Rad. Um, uh, like a rad tape costs like a, you know some stores are selling them for like a hundred dollars a pop. Yeah, I've seen that, and like I said, uh, for a copy that's still still a fan, I've seen it go for a thousand bucks. So wow, whatever the market, whatever the market can bear. Yeah, you think I'm I mean, not kicking myself or 
getting a box of VHS copies when they came out? Well, if you want to uh, let everybody know about uh, what we talked about earlier, about the Rad DVD. Oh, um, uh, we just mentioned the fact that uh, it looks like an official DVD release will be out towards the end of the year or early next year with an eye towards doing a sequel to Rad next year. They're trying to like work that out and trying to got, trying to make it happen. Got to get the legal rights extracted and able to proceed. See, I never understood that though. Like, I mean, there's a lot. I'm sure with a lot of movies, there's a lot of uh, legal rights, and it would take a long time before that movie would go into like public domain. You know, so it's too long. Yeah, another ten years or something like that. And typically, a movie has two or three production companies behind it, so. That's generally the problem. Get all of that stuff in order. Yeah. So, um, yeah, definitely. That's uh, uh, that's cool though. Um, oh, we we have another caller. Hold on, let me. Eight one zero. You should be on. Hello. Hey, what's up? Hey, what's going on? Hello. Nothing. I'm a huge Rad fan. Right. Um. So, do you have a question for Bill? Yeah. Actually, hold on a minute. I'm guessing they're from the same. I think they're from the same group or whatever. So, uh, but um, anyway, uh, I think they're just kind of trying to prank us. Okay. Well, good one. I I guess. I guess I think we got rickrolled. Is is that? I think that's what it's called. Yeah, I'm not you know. That. You know about that? No. What is that? Please tell me. And apparently, it's a YouTube thing. Okay. Uh, you know, they'll they'll have something. They'll say something on YouTube to get somebody's attention, and then uh, then it'll have like, uh, you know, you just got rickrolled, and have that guy singing that song. Oh. Wow. So that's why that's why I got rid of Nicholas before, which I don't think is really his real name. But, you know, uh, I don't want to call him out on that. Well, uh, uh, yeah. Had I known how funny that joke was, I might have appreciated it a little more. So I'll be ready for the next very funny caller. Oh, all right. Well, I guess that's probably going to happen soon. So you never know. Right. But we do have, like, we do have a lot of people, like, listening. So um, I'm kind of excited about that, you know. I know there there are a lot of rap bands out there, you I know. I've met many. Now, do you get, like, noticed out in public a lot for being in RAD? I do. Uh, more than anything, it happens at the strangest moment. Um, I went to a book party. A friend of ours wrote a big book. It's a, a red carpet affair. And before the evening was out, a bunch of paparazzi and stock paparazzi and autograph hounds were around the it, it, was a, it was an odd experience, but it made me realize that, again, there are a lot of people out there, not just the BMX community, that really uh, pay attention and love that movie. Yeah, definitely. It's one of those movies that um, uh, my friend and I were looking for it in the video store to see because uh, our local video store is going out of business. So they're selling a lot of their VHS copies of stuff. And unfortunately, I guess somebody either got rad or... You know, or they, you know, or Rad broke years ago, and they just never got a new one, you know. But uh, right, it, right. it's one of those things, though, that uh, everybody everybody looks for at least the VHS copy, if not a hopeful DVD. Now, I did see on Amazon.com that they were selling a couple, like, used and new uh, Rad, Rad DVDs. Are those real DVDs? That, or is those somebody? Like copies. Yeah, there's there's no official DVD release yet. Any any DVDs out there you see is, are uh, bootleg. Bootleg? Now, yeah. I mean, I'm wondering how they can sell that. Like, the legal well, people aren't after those people selling it on Amazon.com. Like I, said, like I said, they're still trying to get the rights so they can release it themselves. So they've got to get those uh, before they can ever start prosecuting people who are doing uh, illegal DVDs. Hmm. But, but I'm sure you can go out on the street right now and find a DVD of the new 
Batman movies. You know, it's just that there's such a huge business for that. And uh, unfortunately, the filmmakers and myself have lost out on a lot of money because of uh, the illegal sale of that movie. Hmm. So, um, as far as... Uh, uh, so, after you did Rad, um, uh, did you do a lot more... You did a lot more film after Rad, right? Yeah, right after that, uh, I started working with a friend of mine, Lou Dine Phillips. He was singing with her band at the time, and we ended up doing a lot of uh, touring with, uh, with the rock band. And so I kind of got heavy into that for a while. Uh, had some pretty amazing times with that, and uh, not long after that, ended up moving to New Mexico. I was there for a number of years, and I go back and forth. I uh, got back into the acting business, and uh, and generally do a lot of work out of New Mexico. There's a lot of filming going on there, and actually next week for something we there called my one only. Hmm. That's really cool, though. And uh, so you you toured with Lou Diamond Phillips. I did. Yeah, we had a band called the Pipe Fitters, and we uh, toured all over the U.S. and Canada. Uh, played, you know, probably forty of the fifty states. Uh, opened for Billy Ray Cyrus on one one of his tours. He initially was hugely popular, and uh, generally had a great time. Wow, that's yeah. really cool, though. So yeah. that that was your pretty much your uh, the middle of your career, right? Like that was that was probably my early thirties, and uh, since then I've gotten back into the acting game and and uh, been going well. Yeah, got a, definitely. Got a, got, a, got a movie in theaters right now called uh, Felon. If you look really hard, it's in selected theaters with uh, Sal Kilmer. It's called Felon. Felon, yes. Yeah. And can you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, it's another movie I did out in New Mexico. I play a drunk driver who plows over the star's kid, so uh, a lot of fun there. And um, gritty prison drama, kind of in the Oz category. And um, it's a good film. I saw it the other day. Yeah, it's a, it's a good movie. And yeah, and it came out well, your part? Definitely. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, and that's the is that the Val Kilmer movie? Yeah, that's out right now. Okay, cool, definitely. So, is it? Wait, is it? Oh yeah, is it? Is it playing like in a lot of theaters or just certain theaters? It's in selected theaters. So in major cities, you're going to find it in selected theaters. It's not a super wide release. And then uh, I worked a few months ago on a movie called Brothers with. Uh, my scenes were with Toby McGuire and Jake Gyllenhaal, so that'll be out later. Yeah. Hmm. Really cool. Mm-hmm. So you've been, yeah. So you've been going out and doing a lot of Hollywood movies. And are you doing any, um, you know, independent work? Yeah, actually, uh, I did a movie last year called uh, Hush. I did that in New Jersey by. Uh, with a real talented group of young filmmakers, and uh, I'd say they're looking at a release hopefully later in the year. Um, so, yeah, uh, uh, did another one called, what was it, Have Dreams Will Travel, another one with Al Kilmer, and uh, so I, I do what they came to do. I worked on a TV movie or a TV show last year called Breaking Bad that's on A&E right now. Hmm. So, uh, oh yeah, uh, actually I guess um, Hush has been changed to The Quiet Ones, the title. Thank you for letting me know. Who knew? <laughs> yeah, okay. that's what I'm here for, to be informative. Thank um, you so much. I believe the, one of the producers is listening to the show. Well then, uh, we do have another caller. Let me uh, bring okay. them on real quick. 585, you should be hold on. Uh, 585, you should be on. Hello? Alright, that one. Another one. Wow. So, it's just kind of like the, uh, the, was it the, 
things are going to start uh, popping up as different area codes. You know, I guess they got a whole bunch of people with different phones wow. or something or ways to do that. I don't know. But um, anyway, um, but uh, so, like, what was it like to work on, like, an independent film like The Quiet Ones? Was it a little bit different than doing, like, a Hollywood movie? Or? Uh, yeah, it's, it's very different. I mean, the, the whole budget for their movie was equal to the catering budget on the last movie I did, probably. And it becomes about the product. You know, you're not there because uh, this is going to break you as the next big thing. It's because you're in the film, you're in the filmmakers, people are there for the love of the art. And uh, what's more exciting than that for an artist? So to be supportive of the next generation of filmmakers is, is the way that I can kind of give back, pay it forward, as it were, you know, to all people that really good to me. That's really cool, yeah, definitely. Um, it's it's cool that uh, you get to do these things now that a lot of people, like a lot of independent films back uh, in the 80s weren't really as, you know, it wasn't like this big indie scene like it is now, you know? Right, right. So, uh, but it was it... Um, was uh was it the quiet ones one of your first horror films that you ever did? Horror films. Hmm? Maybe uh yeah, maybe that that particular genre I, I was trying to think back, yeah. It is. So uh and 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 it's not a particular genre that I was uh very well read on or, or seen a bunch of movies about so I was just able to go in they just, they gave me uh, free reign to do what I wanted and they seemed to be happy with what I did so it was just a really great experience and you know to actually walk on set and they knew who I was were excited to work with me that's, that's all great that's all fine hmm really cool so mm-hmm. I hope um I, uh, do you know anything about when The Quiet Ones uh, is going to uh, be be available for people to see? Or I do not know. I mean, you're the one who told me about the, the name change, so you probably know <laughs> more about it than I do at this point. But I understand he's going to try to get it in some festivals later on here and be about to roll out, roll out after that. Really cool. Well, I'll... Uh... Uh, Brandon Brooks was the one that was uh, in the chat room listening, so maybe I'll ask him sometime right. to see uh, what's going on with that. I told him to call in, but um guessing, you know, he's not going to, you know. But um, anyway, so, uh, like, let's back up um, uh, to, uh, you had done a lot of TV, though, right? You've done a lot of TV I had, shows? I had, yeah, I've done a lot of networks television and uh, a couple of movies that at the point I did rap. Yeah. So kind of Yeah, like um you like you were in family ties. What was it like to be in that? It was great. That cast and uh, show was like a well oiled machine by the time I'd gotten on it. It was the fifth or sixth season. And uh <clears throat> Michael Fox was shooting Back to the Future at night at the time that I'd actually read for. And um, working on Family Ties during the day, and they made it just look so easy. And they were so great, professional, and just great to me. You know, so again, I was a pretty fresh-faced kid out of Dallas. And uh, up there swinging with big shots, so it was it was a lot of fun, and of course they shoot in front of a live audience, so being a theater actor myself, it kind of gives you that immediate response to performers brave, and uh, it was great, and again, kind of an iconic television show, so it's nice to have that on your resume. Yeah, definitely, and uh, the one thing I wanted to mention about that, you said something about, uh, you know, that Michael J. Fox was doing 
uh, Back to the Future and that you had actually read for. Was there any other movies, big movies that you had read for that, unfortunately, you weren't able to to, to land? Boy, uh, yeah, a lot of them, you know. There was just, at that time, uh, with Great Agency and, and, and uh, almost too many to name. Okay. So, uh, you know, the Ted's Excellent Adventure, the Platoon, and all things. It's, you know, stuff that uh, I either didn't get or ended up working with uh, casting people later on. Hmm. There's there's a perception that there's so many people out here going for the same thing, but once you break it down into categories, younger lady man, character actor, ingenue, you tend to know all the people that you're competing against, and you all tend to be going out for the same thing. And then, you know, one every season or two will be plucked out of that, that group and be shuttled into superstardom for a long-running series or what have you. And, and uh, while I never got the series, I was able to get fairly steady work as an actor and, and uh, able to claim that today. Ain't so easy. Uh, that's, uh, that's great, though. Um, I guess uh, another big thing about this is um, uh, you, get, you got to do Family Ties, which you said was great, but... Um, you know, uh, were there any, like, I mean, I guess you can't say, uh, I don't want you to say too much uh, bad stuff, but were there any, like, TV shows that you had done that you weren't, you know, happy with, like, you weren't happy that oh, you did? Yeah, you know, so much of what one gets to do as an actor or any type of performer, uh, most of it's not very good. Did I say dribble? Most of it's dribble. Um only, well, 90 to 95% of the work for an actor is television and commercials, most of those, most of the work being in commercials, and, and it's only 5% or so of the work is in feature films, and only a small percentage of that are good feature films. So, uh, and, you know, not to say that all television is bad, there's certainly a lot of great people on it, but uh, more than not, it, it's hard to get through. And, uh, you know, when I when I look back at the things I've done, the things that I'm most proud of, there's, there's, only, there's only a couple in, in all the work I've done that, uh, that I can say the end product I'm really excited about or proud of. Uh, most of an actor's concern is, is doing the best work on the show at the time. What happens afterwards, how good it turns out is, is really out of his hands early on. So, um, in answer to your, to your question, yeah, most of the stuff on my resume uh, uh, would write home about. I'm not ashamed of, of it either. But uh, if you're only if you're able to do you know one or two great things in your career, then, then uh, you're ahead of the game. And with Rad having such a, a lasting and pretty profound effect on a lot of people's lives. Uh, that's been a real pleasant surprise for me because that's kind of why I got into the business is, is to kind of uh, inspire and influence people. Still there? Hey, can you hear me? I can hear you now. Okay. Could you not hear me a second ago? No, we got cut off for a minute. Did we? Yes, I couldn't hear you for a few seconds. Okay. Um, so, okay, I'm sorry about that, uh, I guess we, uh, we're, we're still on here, so everything's good, but I don't know, I, I, I might have had my phone, you know, uh, you know, my phone being covered or something, but, uh, as, uh, you know, we, we talked earlier on the phone, um, there's a couple things that we wanted to definitely touch on, uh, tonight to let people know, uh, about what's going on, um, Especially, uh, 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 now, did I hear that you're going to be at the X Games? Yeah, the X Games are in Los Angeles this year on the 1st through the 3rd of August. And I'm uh, working, Supercross is, is putting me up, which is a bike company, they're putting me up at an interactive booth 
there. I should be there all three days for an hour or two at least each day at the zoo. So that's that's uh, my next appearance as it looks right now. So is it going to be a signing appearance or? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So. Meeting fans and signing autographs. That's really cool though. Um, yeah, and it's really cool that people get a chance to come out and meet you in person. I love yeah. it. Um, yeah, I mean, when you, when you meet people in person, do a lot of people ask for your autograph when when they see you? I do. I get a lot of requests, and uh, just a lot of people asking about the movie, just like you are. This is such a part of a lot of people's childhood that um, they're just excited to talk about it. But I, I get a lot of autographs, but sure. Definitely, and... Um, so, I mean, uh, are, do you have any really good questions that people usually ask you? Or, like, interesting well, questions? Uh, the, the most asked question, I would suppose, is did you do the stunt or such and such a stunt? And I used to deny it and say, no, that was the stunt. And I'm not doing that anymore. It was all me. <laughs> really? No, it wasn't. <laughs> but I'm thinking on changing my answer because, you know, if people are asking, that means they don't really know. So, you know, why not steal all the glory for myself? Until they see stunts by and don't see yeah, your name. Yeah, well, listen, you know, not everybody reads. <laughs> the credits. Um, no, that's really cool, though. Um, a lot of people, uh, you know, a lot of people are probably asking about that. My question, I guess, if I probably met you, would be: Did you have a romance uh, on, uh, you know, offset romance with, uh, you know, Lori? I tried, oh, how I try. <laughs> and uh, uh, maybe we played pussy there for five minutes. Maybe uh, she saw me kissing somebody that wasn't her. I, I don't know what happened, but uh, nothing happened. Really. Nothing happened? Nothing happened. Yeah, I wish I had Oh Well, you know, there's, always, there's still always a chance, maybe, one day. In another lifetime, I'm quite <laughs> happily married, and uh, she would have to uh, dress like my wife and kill her. I guess we could talk about. It. Exactly. I don't think she'd want that. I guess so. Um, yeah. But what was it like to work with uh, Bart and be his like nemesis? Uh, it was interesting because he was such a physical presence coming off the 84 Olympics and at the time we were shooting Rad, he was so racked with pain, he had a bad knee that I think was operated on just right around the production time and uh, he could barely walk, literally he could barely walk and he would have to fly home uh, to Oklahoma on weekends and get therapy so there was a lot of shooting around and walking like an old man I mean, uh, he could do a handstand in his little uh, director's chair there on set, and uh, but it makes makes you realize what what a toll those guys take on their own bodies for the work that they do. But uh, he's still uh, going strong with his his gym in uh, Oklahoma with his wife Nadia. So he he just sounds great. I, I talked to him about a month or two ago. Hmm. And, uh, I mean, you said you saw him recently? Um, I, I, I talked to him a couple times recently. Yeah, I mean, did you I mean, did you bump into him, or did you talk to him on the phone, or? We chatted on the phone when all this uh, sequel to uh, Rad talk started happening again. We, we chatted a couple of times and uh, reconnected. Hopefully if the uh, DVD, you know, is uh, being worked on or whatever, uh you know, that you guys will have some kind of commentary check with all the actors and the cast and crew. I, th I think that's the eventual plan is to do a DVD with a bunch of extras. And uh, I've talked to uh, several of the cast members. Jamie Clark, who played my friend in it, um, is now a world-class mountaineer. He's summited Everest twice, I think, by now going to this tallest summit on each continent, so uh, he's quite the adventuresome soul, and 
So yeah, there there's several people that uh, were involved in the first go round who might be involved in the second one. Hmm. So as 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 far as um, you know, like uh, you know, do you it just so I know, do you have any uh, brothers and sisters yourself? I do. I have a my brother Sherman is in Dallas, and I've got a brother in San Diego. So how is it having a, a little sister in your movie? Like, yeah. she's great, a little Laura Jacoby. Yeah, she was, uh, you know, another one of those just very professional, very on top of it little Hollywood kids. And I don't think she's in the business anymore, but uh, she was great. She was great. Well, I mean, I guess some people just, you know, after a while they they get tired of it. You know, especially being uh, child actors, you know. Let's hope so. Yeah, let's hope that, that some people grow out of it. Cause I was never able to myself, as much as I tried. <laughs> you tried with the whole uh, rock rock dream, right? Having I whole... needed to pursue that, yeah. And, uh, you know, I, just, I never gave up acting. It's just I, had, I wanted to check out other things and still, still play music. Uh, on occasion, and uh, so, you know, it's just another thing in my bag of tricks, but but acting is uh, what I've done for the longest and what I what I seem to get the most acceptance for, so lucky enough to keep getting work. Yeah, um, I was going to say, like, uh, you know, I told you, I guess, when I emailed you that uh, apparently, uh, uh, you know, I had interviewed Andre Gower from Monster Squad, which... You know, is another one of my you know childhood favorites. Um, but uh, he had actually done something sort of close to what you had done. Instead of going into you know doing rock music, he went into like college basketball. You uh-huh. know, he played uh-huh. basketball for a while. You know, that was his thing because that's what he wanted to do. And he did that, and then went right back into acting. You know. Okay. Yeah. After a while, like he's just getting back into acting now. So. Kind of very similar, you know, in a way. He he went to try something else that he wanted, that he was passionate about, and, you know, I guess he, well, he, he yeah. and you couldn't get away from, you know, acting. Well, that's part of the fun is uh, of being an actor is being able to live different lives and, uh, you know, wear different hats, and so that just goes right along with it, just checking out different lifestyles, different professions. But... Fortunately or unfortunately, a lot of people get bitten by the acting bug and it just refuses to die. Hmm. So, um, what? I would be in that category. Okay. So, um, I guess, uh, anyway, uh, I guess we're pretty much uh, almost going to wrap this up. Okay. Um, you know, but is there anything that you really wanted to touch on uh, that we haven't covered yet? Uh, talked about acting, talked about selling. Oh, I guess I should mention, uh, I was up in, uh, Toronto, outside of Toronto recently for, uh, Tim DeSilva was a pro BMXer out of Canada and loved Rad from the day he saw it when he was three years old. As a pro BMXer in his adult years, he was commissioned to build a track and, he was actually constructing it himself with a large crew and uh, was killed during the construction of it. So uh, the family recently brought me out there to bring awareness, keep the track open, keep his name alive, keep his dream alive. You can uh, go to Tim DeSilva, DMX, check out what they've got going there, show the support. And uh, I'm basically trying to promote the sport and promote the industry and promote biking in general. I think it's uh, you know, my contribution to the green movement is uh, best served by getting people to ride bikes. So uh, I'm kind of fully on board now for, for several reasons, that's that being at the top of the heat. But uh, if you want to check out Tim DeSilver's uh, struggle, his family struggle, please check him out Google or just go to tendersilverbeatmap.com. That's it. Hmm, really cool. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, so he made his own track? 
he was commissioned by the local BMX community uh, to build a track. It's on private property, a gorgeous horse farm. The gentleman who owns it allowed the locals to build this track there. They didn't have the proper permits, however, during the construction of it. And when Pam died, uh, the local government wanted them to bulldoze it over. It's just a ridiculous proposition. It's a beautiful track. It's nowhere near any area that's holding any other construction up. It's just they're trying to get the permits in order, and because of the legal red tape, they may have to tear the track down, and it just would be a crying shame because it's really given the kids in that community and the BMX community a focal point and, and something to shoot for. So we're, uh, we're keeping our fingers crossed that Tim's dream will be kept alive. All right, well, we do have one last caller. I think this might be one of the other pranks, but uh, yeah. this will be probably the last caller of the night. As soon as they're funny, I'll, I'll tell them they are funny. But yeah, once once you get the jokes, right? Yeah, once it's funny, I'll laugh. All right, so okay. last caller, you should be on. Uh, yes, hello. Uh, this is Nicholas from New York. No, this is actually a real caller. Actually, I've been filling Bill. I've been, uh, you know, following Bill Allen's career for quite a while now. Um, I'm a big fan of uh, his 1977 film. I think that was the name, the uh, year that it came out, Ransom. Um, I was actually wondering if you could elaborate and talk about that project a little bit. That was a different Bill Allen. Uh, I was not in show. Oh, it was. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's okay. It's on my IMDb site. They were talking about that. Earlier. Oh, there we go. There we go. Better life than ever. Yeah, it, it was going to happen. Didn't he and just say his name was Nicholas again? He said it wasn't Nicholas. Just oh, it wasn't Nicholas. Okay. Yeah. And it sounded yeah, like Nicholas, didn't it? Yeah, he, he strung it out for a little. He had to join it. That was funny. It was funny. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, well, thank you so much. I'm um, sorry you got pranked at all, but, uh, you know, they weren't really that funny anyway. So. <laughs> okay. Um. So thank you so much, and um, I'm hoping that a lot of people uh, who listen to this will uh, get some more information out about RAD. Um, do you want to promote uh, your website? or? You can always email me through my website. It's uh, BillAllenRad.com. That's how you can find me. Awesome. And uh, you've got some information about RAD up there, and I'm sure more information will be up there You know, would, as soon yeah, as it... Hmm? Absolutely. As soon as I know more... I'll be putting more up. All right, awesome. And keeping people in touch about it. So thank you so much, and um, I wish you the best of luck, and I hope that uh, your two movies that you got coming out, uh, you know, the one that's out and the one that's coming out, it, it's called Brother, right? The one that's going to come Brothers. out with Jake Gyllenhaal? Brothers. Brothers, yeah. Yeah. So that's, uh, both those people should go see is uh, Brothers, and uh, what was the other one called? It was um, Felon. Felon. So yeah. definitely people should go. If, if you're in, like, New York, L.A., go see Felon. Or if you're um, able to see um, uh, Brothers when that comes out, you know, uh, people should go check that out. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks a lot, Jonathan. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Well, everybody, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we had to cut it short. Um, sorry, but... Um, if you guys have any other questions, you can uh, always MySpace me at myspace.com slash Jonathan Moody Will Rock You, or you can go talk to Bill Allen at his uh, website, BillAllenRad.com, and uh, email him And uh, you know if you have any other questions that uh, might not have came up on the show. Well, thank you so much uh, for listening to the show, and I uh, hope everybody had a good time. Thank you. <laughs>